As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Minority Reports Podcast and Digital Series. I'm your host, Mona Sheikh. Today, I have a guest. Uh, how should I describe? This guest is an OG, okay? And, and when I say an OG, let me tell you what that means for me. For me, she is the uh, first Pakistani female comic, which I didn't even know existed uh, before I got even on the scene. This is like, you know. Uh, and I and I watched this woman, and I was in awe of this woman. Uh, and uh, she has been uh, listed by the Observer as one of the fifty funniest acts in uh, in British comedy. Uh, you've seen her on a shit ton of stuff. She's been on Winnipeg Comedy Festival. She was on Last Comic Standing. I mean, her her list her credits are beyond. Uh, my very very funny friend Shazia Mirza. Shazia, thank you for joining us. Hi. Hi, Mona. Hi, so look nice. at you. You glammed out for me, and I can't tell you how, how, that, how much that means to me. This like, lockdown business is an ordeal. It's an ordeal. I mean, you know, you have to dress up. You have to wash. Yes. You have to brush your teeth. You've got to put makeup on. I have never had to do this for any phone call in my yes. life. Yes, that's and right. now... It's such an ordeal. And, yeah. and you know what? When people say, oh, can we talk on the phone? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll go, how about we Zoom or Skype? I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, have to, I have to then, um, then I have to uh, get the shoe polish out. Um, I don't know. I've been, I've been going to the shops um, and getting a lot of shoe polish here. Wait, what are you doing with the shoe polish? Uh, to do my roots. To do my roots. What? Uh, with because, the shoe polish? You know what? These are desperate times. <laughs> I, I, I went to the shop. There was no hair dye left. No hair dye. Because everybody's dyeing their hair. There was no hair dye. There was no mascara. I thought, my God, I've got a really important Zoom meeting. What can I do? Do you know what? I just went for the shoe polish. And you know what? I was in the middle of the, I put it in. I was in the middle of the meeting. It was, it's so hot here in England. All of a sudden, the shoe polish started melting. <gasps> and there was black streaks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking politics and Boris Johnson. And black shoe polish is coming down my face. I just thought, this is a disaster. This is wow. a disaster. So wait, what happened? Did you stop kind of mid? And we're like, can you excuse me for a second? I and saw myself. I saw myself in the Zoom screen with like black eyes. 
what is that? Maybe it's the screen. I started cleaning the screen. Then I just felt it at the end of my nose. I was like, it's me. I'm melting. Oh, I'm melting. Did you? Die. And this was for like, what, like a TV show? What was this for? This was like, this was like for Sky News. Oh um, so it was, God. it was like a news show. Uh, it was satirical. And uh, I was just, uh, I was just wow. melting, melting. You were like, this is just telling of the times, like the black polish melting. Did you confront it? Did they ask you like, what's going I did. On? I was like, listen, I've got to stop. Black lives matter. This has, <laughs> this has to stop right now. I matter. I need to just clean myself up. <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing. my God. This, this is an ordeal now. This is, you know what? Uh, we were just talking about this before we started taping that uh, we are living, although you're home and you would think that it would be like comfortable to do these Zoom videos and things like that, but it's actually exhausting. I think for me, I figured out why it's so exhausting. It's because I feel like when I'm around other people, other good people, or like when I go to comedy show, because that's, we, we love doing that and that's our you know livelihood. Um, I feel like you get energized by other people, but at home you're just yeah. in complete isolation yeah. and you're yeah. putting in all this effort, but there's no human interaction. There's no energy that's feeding off. You're just giving yeah. all this energy, but you're not really getting anything back. Do you feel that yeah. way? Yeah, it's it's true. And you know what? We're not moving as much as we normally move. Yes. You know, like normally you'd get up, you'd go for a run, you'd go to work, you'd go to the shops, everything's open. Yeah. Here, it's very limited now. You know, you do your one hour of exercise a day. You don't see your friends. I mean, you're in the house. I mean, people, are, I mean, everybody I know is getting fat and gray. I tell you, I tell you, when we get out of here, I mean, people are going to look horrific. <laughs> The truth is going to come out. And you know, I mean, what, you know what the great thing is, though? If you're single, like, you yeah. have to accept that person just as it is. Like, you, you're not, like, you can't even raise standards at this point. You're you just know what I feel, though? Men being the way that they are. Yeah. I think that they will not even consider what women have been through in this lockdown. I think that they will still expect women to come out and just look amazing. No, their feet, manicure, pedicure, everything's great. Um, you know, they haven't put weight on. They haven't got hairs growing in unusual places. <laughs> I think they're going to they're gonna just expect women to just be as they are, like nothing ever happened. Because that's but how that, men are. But don't you think, don't you think, I think this is the first time where, I, I, I think women could have done that earlier too, but women can just basically tell them to fuck off, uh, you know. Yeah, we can, but I think... There's an illusion that women live under. It takes a lot of effort for women to look normal. That's correct. That's correct. You know, for yes. women to just look acceptable. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It, there is a whole process that yes. we, we go through just, just to get that level. 30 minutes today. Just this. You don't even want to see the back. You don't want to see anything below this. This took 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, we haven't been able to keep that standard up. Also, like, I don't know when the last time was when you wore a bra. But honestly, I cannot remember the last time I wore a bra. I think it was last year. I think it was last year. My breasts have been self-isolating since February, I think February. Have they been social distancing? or They have been like one in the kitchen, one in the bathroom. <laughs> it's been wide open. And I just like, wow, <laughs> things have got out of hand here. Things right? Have, oh. now, now, Chelsea, are you single? Yeah. Yeah, sure. 
So she, well, you're like, of course, I don't know. I don't assume these things. So have you been doing any Zoom dating? Like, have you no. been like, no, I think it's all, it's all, is, you know what, you know what it's like. You talk to people online, men are very talkative online. And then all of a sudden you meet them and they shut the fuck up and you think, what, yeah. what, what happened? You know, yeah. what happened with your communication? Yeah. And, and, and I think this is great time for them to just be typing away and, well, we all know it's when you meet somebody that you know or you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Do, okay, let's talk about that. So I don't know what dating is like in London, but L.A. is actually rated the worst city to date in in America. It's like the worst. It's like the bottom of the barrel. It, you know, it's like... A, Why is that? I think it's because it's predominantly entertainment. There's a lot of narcissistic people. Everybody's just all about themselves. People don't really want to take the time to get to know you. There's a, somebody better waiting around the corner. So I've been on dates with guys who are you like... Think, you think also that there are a lot of uh, men in the closet? Men in the closet? It's possible. It's very possible. I mean, look, I live in West Hollywood, the gayest part of Los Angeles. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what gay was invented. Gay was invented. It was invented in West Hollywood at the Abbey, for sure. Yeah. They were like experimenting in the basement and they were like, we have come up with gay. Um, it's a, I, I honestly, can I say, I love living in this neighborhood. I have a ton load of gay friends. Uh, I love them. They enhance my life in every single way. But my every love woman, life, every oh, woman needs a gay man. Every woman. Donald Trump needs a gay man in his life because no gay friend would let him go out looking like that. That makeup that's like half stop or it. behaving like that or treating women like that. You yeah. have to have gay friends to know how to treat a woman yeah. and the value of a woman. Yes, I 100% agree with you. Let's go back to London dating. I mean, you're, you've been in the business for so long. Do you feel like as a, as a Pakistani Muslim female comic, do you think our challenge of dating is a lot harder than an average? Oh, life? God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, because um, a lot of, if you're, if you're looking specifically for a Muslim man or a Pakistani man, yeah. they will have certain ideas about how a woman should be Yes. how she should behave, what job she should have, even the educated ones. In fact, in many ways, the educated ones are worse. That's correct. Because they're educated, so they should know better. That's correct. Yet, they cling on to these values, which are medieval. That's correct. I mean, we've all met the Muslim Ted Bundy. We've all had that experience, you know, <laughs> you know, where <laughs> the misogynist, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, the misogynist, who's he's really <laughs> glad you've got... You've got two degrees, but at the end of the day, can you make a round chapati? That's correct. Uh, can you stay at home? Are you good with kids? Are you loyal? Are your wife? And I hope you haven't had many boyfriends because I want to be the only one. I mean, this kind of medieval idea of how women should be, uh, it comes from educated men as well as non-educated men yes. uh, in our culture, which makes it really difficult yes. uh, because, you know, there's so few of us in comedy. That's right. And we all know this is not just a Muslim thing or a cultural thing. A lot of men believe women should not be funny on stage. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, they like an amusing wife. They like one with a personality. Yeah. But stand-up comedian, you're <laughs> going a bit far. That's going a bit far now. <laughs> you know, 
Shazia, I was dating uh, about a year and a half ago, about two years ago, I was dating this uh, Turkish guy, Turkish Muslim guy. His name is, uh, let's call him Farouk because that was his name. Um, and <laughs> Okay. Uh, and uh, he uh, was from the old country, but, you know, he was here. He seemed to have his shit together. Uh, he was tall, cute, age appropriate. We like had immediate chemistry. And uh, so uh, one day he was just like, I was like, hey, I'm doing a show at a comedy club. Do you want to come? And he goes, yeah, sure. It's a Friday night. It's a packed house. Uh, it's uh, I'm the opening act. Uh, and then I forget who was the headliner. Uh, so I go up and uh, I'm like crushing it, like murdering the room. And I see him while I'm on stage. I see, I make eye contact with him. And he's like literally looking around, like in shock. Like he's not even laughing. He's in shock that what am I doing? So I get off stage <laughs> and I was like, did you have a good time? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a good time. It, he looked like as if I, I, he looked like as if some man had put his dick in his face or something like that. Like this utter like, oh, oh my God, like he's like suffocating. And not soon after that, he just broke it off with me, just out of the blue. He couldn't take it. Really? He couldn't process it. It was too much for his nervous system. Well, so he, he, he broke it off after he'd seen your act. That's correct. And you know what he told me? You know what he told me? He was like, he told me, he's like, I can't introduce you to my mother. I was like, you can't introduce me to your mother because first of all, she's in Turkey. And second, she doesn't speak fucking English. So those two are, he's like, well, if she ever sees you perform comedy, I was like, she's not going to know what the fuck I'm saying because she doesn't speak English. So what the hell are you talking yeah, about? No, I was oh like, don't God. make it about your mother. It's about you. And that's, yeah, yeah, funny, yeah. that's the sort of thing that I come across. Where I find that really disturbing when they bring their mother into it because, yeah. you know, you're not going to be sleeping with his mother, um, hopefully. And, right. um, you know, it's like, yeah, what's his mother got to do with it? There's not three people in that marriage. That's and, right. you know, if you're still talking about your mother when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, there's something wrong with wrong you. Wrong with you, 100%. You don't know who you are yeah, exactly. if you're bringing your mother into this. And you don't want to marry somebody who doesn't know who they are. That's correct. That's correct. Um, but I've had the similar experiences. I met this one guy and he said to me, look, I know who you are. Well, I've seen you on TV. I've seen you. I've seen who you are. I know who you are. I've seen you on TV. Oh. Look, when we get married, um, you will give up the comedy, right? <gasps> and I said, this was the first date. When we get married, uh, you'll give up the comedy, right? I said, no, I'm never giving up the comedy. And he said, well, you're really lucky that I asked you out on a date because, um, you know, you're a comedian, you're a second class citizen, really. And nobody else is going to give you this chance. You're lucky that I turned up tonight. And then he proceeded to say to me that he was looking for a second wife. And would I be interested in being his second wife? Not even first wife, second wife. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I, I, I need two wives, two. And I said, why? He said, because I have a high sex drive. I need one wife with me when I'm traveling for work. And one wife for when I get home. No, 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 no. Chaser, how are you sitting through this date? How are you not throwing a glass of water in his face? Like, how are you so I was, I was sitting there um, 
just uh, recording everything he said because I knew I was going to use this as material. I knew this was this was um, this yeah, was this was my new show, and so I was patient and I was taking it. But I was like, he was very educated. He was very rich. He was only he was only fifty. Wow. And I was. Oh, just, he man, Muslim man. What? Yeah, he was a Muslim man, um, and he had one wife, and he wanted another one. I and he said, and he said to me, "I'm entitled to do that. I'm a man." <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So how did the date end? Was it a coffee date? Dinner date? What is this? Well, I saw him I saw him. I saw him about uh, eight, nine times because I wanted the material. It actually got worse. <laughs> I love you. It got best. worse. It got worse. He was a misogynist. He was anti-Semitic. He Ooh. was racist. I mean, he was everything. He was the worst human being I'd ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. But I, I carried on seeing him for the material, um, and um, also it made me realize this is not what I want to do. Yes. He is everything that is a nightmare. Yeah. This He's is like not a nightmare come alive. Wow. Wow. So I, how- I couldn't believe that, that, that such a person existed. Oh, no, they exist. They exist. Yeah. So in America, what we have, uh, and I, I think you guys have that too, because I've come across a few of your uh, Muslim male comics in England uh, who are... Uh, on the surface, appeared to be very progressive and very liberal. Yeah, and then yeah, when yeah. you dig a little bit deeper or you talk to them and you're like, oh, you're just a misogynistic cunt. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so you're just pretending yeah. because you have to survive in the West. You have to, you know, look good so you don't get called out for being, for being racist or anti-Semite or misogynistic. So yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm all about women's rights and this and that. And they're always liberal when it comes to, like, white female comics or non-Muslim comics yeah, non-muslim yeah, people, yeah. but everybody else when, but when it comes to dealing with their own they're very very misogynist i mean everybody's shocked about trump the way he talks about women the way he treats women the way he views women everyone says he's such a misogynist yeah. and he is all of those things yeah. and everybody's really shocked because you know they've seen him on the world stage now he's he does this on a daily basis yes but you know culturally We've seen men like this all the time. He's just the white version of these men. That's correct. That's correct. And and so, I mean, it is shocking because he's the president, yeah. so he should be better. Or you'd think you'd you'd hide it. You'd hide it for the times you were facing the world. Just hide it a bit. He doesn't hide it. 
Yeah. You know, there's millions of Trumps out there. That's correct. And by the way, and and it's not even a, a particular culture thing. It's a, this is a global thing. Yeah, yeah. There are Trumps in every culture. I think, I think there's also been a backlash against feminism as well recently. Yes. You yeah. know, these strong women in the media coming out, campaigning against women's bodies and women's rights. And I think there's been a backlash uh, by men against this, this yes. kind of protest movement. Yes. Yes. Um, they've got away with it. They've got, they've got away with it for so long. That's right. That's right. And now they're like, why don't you just shut up? Know your place. Stay in your lane kind of thing. But, and they're finding it hard to deal with that now. Yes. Whereas this is, a, this is the first time women have had a moment. That's you know, correct. this is our That's moment. Right. How long have we waited for this? That's right. How That's long right. have we suffered for Centuries. this? Centuries. Centuries. And, you know, Weinstein, you know, he, he gets locked up. And now, I mean... I mean, it's like, yeah, he's locked up now and nobody's even talking about it anymore, about how awful he was. That's right. It's like coronavirus, I know it's taken over. And I know he had coronavirus when he first went into prison. But, you know, I hope that he doesn't get out early. He, I really want him to kind of do his time. Yes, yeah. I mean, I feel like powerful men have been getting away with murder. I mean, look at uh, MBS of Saudi Arabia with the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all these like powerful men have been getting away with it. Do you think, um, and I know this is a bit of a hot button topic, do you think that, uh, you know, the, the misogyny in the West is still a little less than the misogyny in the Middle East and South Asia? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because in the West, in a way, it's a choice. It's a choice mm. for men to be misogynistic. Mm. Um, you know, they choose to dislike women. They choose to hate women, not give women jobs, make women's lives difficult, not, not hear their stories, accuse them of lying. And that is a choice. I mean, in our culture, they justify their behavior by saying, well, it says in the Quran, That's it right. says in the Quran, I can have four wives. It says in the Quran, I can beat my wife. Yeah. It says in the Quran, you know, I can have, I can force my wife to have sex. That's right. So they use the Quran as a justification for their behavior, whereas in the West, they don't have any justification. It is just their choice. That's correct. That's correct. I mean, it's also the, uh, which I always say that I feel like a lot of uh, nations that are predominantly Muslim suffer politically and like struggle culturally as far as, you know, when it comes to political stability, when it comes to economic growth, uh, when it comes to, you know, co you know, gender equality in their societies is because there is so much mixing of church and state. And it really fucks them over because everything is driven by religion. You know, it's not yeah. just the Republic of Pakistan. It's the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. Well, yeah. Pakistan also has Christians. Pakistan also yeah. has Sikhs. Pakistan yeah. also has Hindus. What about the yeah. representation of those minorities? Why does yeah. it have to be predominantly always led by religion? And I think that's one of my biggest beefs. Yeah when it comes to, you know, Muslim nations uh, of, of constantly leading with religion. It's like, why do we always have to be that way? But when you have kind of, when you have the uh, flag of religion behind you yes. to justify your behavior, it really does allow people to do the worst things in humanity, to yep. kill people, to rape women, because you are so justified by what apparently it says in the Quran, which yep. we all know is open to interpretation. That's and you can interpret that any way you want. And if you are a good person, you will interpret it in the right way. But men often, when it comes to women, they like to interpret it in the way to benefit themselves. That's correct. 
That's correct. Which is never in the woman's favor, obviously, and the woman suffers. Um, and so we're constantly struggling against that uh, group of people that use religion to yes. benefit themselves. Because it's always about power, right? It now, I feel like now women for the first time in history have their own money. We don't have to get married to have own property. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. are in this position of power and not just in the West. Now that's happening in the East, that's happening in the Middle East, it's happening in South Asia. I mean, the divorce rate has spiked in Pakistan. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but Pakistan has been having a spike in divorces, mainly because women are joining the workforce. They're educated. They're taking charge of their lives. They're not putting yeah. up with bullshit. Uh, and yeah. I think that, now, and now I feel like we are in this like gender war. There is this gender war that is happening. There is a struggle of power where men are having a hard time accepting the fact that women are rising in power and that they also have a say. They also have money. They also have properties. Um, yeah. Do you feel like, do you, I mean, look, you've been to the U.S. You've, you know, grew up in uh, uh, England. Do you feel yeah. like the, the Muslim communities in England are a lot more conservative than the Muslim communities in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, because in America, people become Americanized mm. and they're very proud to be American. Mm. And they, they say that they are an American first, Muslim second often. Mm. In England, it's a very small country. There's only like, there's, we don't have half the population that America has. It's very small. People kind of ghettoize and live in their communities up north. And they don't, they, they don't really progress in the way that Americans have. Americans have a much stronger culture, yeah. um, you know, and entertainment industry. And, you know, people are very, they integrate into American culture really well, a lot more than, say, Pakistanis in British culture. Yeah. And they why, tend to marry. Why do you think that is, though? Why do you think that? They, well, they tend to marry each other here. The Pakistanis tend to marry Pakistanis. Hmm. And it's a very close community. Whereas, you know what, I mean, Pakistanis and Indians, they come to America, they marry Americans or they marry other cultures, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Mexican, That's you know? Right. That's right. That's right. My, listen, I have four older brothers. I'm the youngest and the only girl. Uh, all my brothers married non-Muslims, non-Pakistanis, all of them, all of them. No, none of them married Pakistanis. None of them married Muslim. <laughs> one married Filipino, one married a, a white British girl. One married an Austrian American girl. The third one, the fourth one's single. He's probably gonna end up marrying a white girl. And God knows who the fuck I'm gonna marry. I don't even know. I'm gonna marry like a mix of everything. Uh, because I love like uh I love halfies. I love people who are like multi yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big yeah, the fan best of looking people. Yeah, exactly. Just the this is the multicultural, just like a melting pot. Um yeah. you, were, you were talking about that you've been doing a lot of online shows. How I mean, it's not the same, right? For us, it's not the it's same not the to get same. on Comedy Club at all. But do you feel like this is a good time uh, as a comic for you to like write new stuff and just kind of churn some new stuff out and test some new stuff out? Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Like comedians are observers, you know. We stand yeah. on the outside of life and we look in and we tell people how we see the world. Mm. And it's so different. It's for us. This is a great time because there's so much to talk about. You know, the governments are lying to us. Yeah. Uh, is coronavirus a conspiracy? You know, not being able to see people, um, you know, being locked up in your house. Yeah. I mean, there is so much that you could talk about, you know, just getting having to dress up for Zoom calls. This is an ordeal. Um, never have we valued the hairdresser uh, or the nail or the mani-pedi woman more than we have valued her now all these kind of care workers we took these people your 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 nails look great 
I, uh, the nails I, I press ons. I got my press ons because I just trying to be like trying never to have we never have we valued these people more yeah. than we value them now. Agreed. And, and before I think a lot of people took these people for granted, but now we realize how important these people are. Mm -hmm. I agree. And there's so much to there's so much to talk about, you know. Like yeah. comedy, seriously, comedy uh, is is going to be dead for about a year now. Mm -hmm. Like you mean you mean live comedy, like li live stand up and kind of gathering of people. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna take a long time for it to go back. You know, uh, it's interesting you said that. We are now in the phase three opening in Los Angeles. So come July 4th, we're pretty much going back to normal. Uh, I feel like in LA, people are like so desperate to go out for live entertainment. Uh, so that remains to be seen how it's going to be. Do you think in London, I mean, you guys have a fantastic comedy scene. Uh, I would say uh, like... I would say uh, next to New York, I think I would say London has the best comedy scene. Like, do you think it's going to take a long time for you guys? Like, where are you guys in your op reopening phase? Well, as you know, we have a liar as a prime minister. He lies constantly. Oh, us. Oh, yay. Two of us. Both of us. He lies. He nearly died. I mean, this guy nearly died a few weeks ago. He was That's seriously right. in, 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 in ICU. He was in a terrible way. But, you know, uh, he lies on a daily basis. One minute we are opening, then we're closing. One minute we're staying in, then we're not staying in. One minute there's a virus. No, it's not that bad. I mean, it's like wow. we don't really know what's happening. But he's saying that um, in about two weeks' time, some you, you'll be able to go to the garden center. Okay. And we're what's like... Garden center? What's that? Garden center is where they sell plants. Oh, oh my. Oh, like a nursery. I'm like, we're like, n nobody gives a shit about this. I mean, <laughs> let me get to a nail salon, like open up a like, nail salon. When is the hairdresser? <laughs> exactly. that's, when, that's when lockdown is over. That's when right. the hairdresser opens. That's right. I mean, yeah. what are people going to be doing? Shagging in the garden center? I mean, yeah, yeah. This is, that, it's really crazy, but we don't know what's happening. I mean, some things are beginning to open, but it's not normal for sure. I think if people want to shag, they, they find anywhere to shag, no? We, well, people have not been allowed, but I know people that have been driving some distance. <laughs> some distance to get that happening. I tell you, there has been, things have been happening. People have been risking their life. I swear to God, I have had Desi girlfriends call me up from the East Coast and they're like, girl, it is so bad. They're like, it's so bad. The thirst is so real. They're like, I am, I'm willing to take anything at this point. I'm like, get on Tinder, get on it. I'm like, get on it. Start right clapping, you know. Has, uh, Tinder, has Tinder been busy? Tinder's been busy, yeah. yeah. Not going to lie, I've, yeah. Been, been and, and do you think these people that have been talking to each other are going to hook up with each other? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, it's you know. Be Explosion. I don't, yeah, I don't know what's happening with you guys, but in, in LA, it's mandatory free testing. So we have like all these free tests where we're getting. So I've been tested for COVID twice and I came back negative twice. They did a swab on me. They did a mouth swab. Oh yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like, I am good. I got my report here that I'm negative. Let's do this. I was like, so who are where did you get Where did you have that? Uh, we have like these drive-thrus. So you go online and you make an appointment. And then you go, just get in your car. You don't even have really any human interaction. 
and you get in line and I was like, we're done within 30 minutes. Wow. We don't have that here. No, we've got nothing. We've got nothing. We just have the garden. We just have the garden centers. (laughs) Here, why don't you go to the garden and uh, stare at the fucking plants? There you go. Like rub one out to the rose. Like I know, I know. Reminds you of a vagina at some point. Like Jesus fucking Christ. How sad is this? Um, speaking of comedy, Shazia, I, you know, I, I've, I've worked with you, and you know, you've been so gracious to come on my shows, and you know, and do mm. stuff. You, you all, you're always so wonderful to work with. Um, I actually don't know much about your, uh, your, your childhood and how, you know, you, you kind of got into comedy. Like you were, you were, where, you were born and raised in North London. Like where were you born? Oh, Birmingham? In, my, no, I was born in Birmingham, okay. um, which is like two hours from London. Yeah. My parents yeah. still live there yeah. and I, I was just brought up there. And then I went to university in Manchester and, and then I went to London. And when I got to London, that, that, that's when I started doing comedy, when I, when I got to London. What did you go to school for? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I did biochemistry, like a good Muslim girl. Because you were going to become a pharmacist? Well, you know what? They wanted me to be a doctor, obviously. Of course. If you're a doctor, that means you have a good chance of getting a good husband. That's the ultimate, baby. And um, it's all about that, the husband. And I, you know what? I hated it. I yeah. didn't want to do it. Yeah. I just chased boys around the laboratory. Um, I just didn't do anything. I, I, I passed and, and that was it. But I never wanted to do that. I always wanted to be on stage. Yeah, yeah. Are you an only child or do you have siblings? No, there's five of us. It I is? Oh. Three brothers and I have one sister. And what number are you? I'm number two. Wow, you're five like we are. Well, your parents were busy like my parents, huh? And, and you know what? Like that, when you talk to people these days, uh-huh. they go, wow, five. Like it's such a lot. It's, it's such a lot. A lot. To, to, to these days when people only have like one or two Yes. Like five seems such a lot to, to people when they say, wow, you're from such a big family. Yeah. I mean, how did you even like get it? So when you, so you, you finish biochemistry and then what you get a job doing this and then you end up in London. Like how did that even come about? I, I decided I'm going to never go home again. I don't want to get married. I want to go to university. I went to, uh, did a master's at uh, Goldsmiths in London. And I became a teacher. And while I was teaching, I started doing stand-up comedy. And that's where I started. And it took off. And then I just carried on. 
Wow. What, what, what grade were you teaching? Like what level? I was teaching like 16 year old boys in the East end of London. Wow. So it was rough. Yeah. I bet. And I got a lot of material. Yeah. I bet. And it was a good experience to be to to be a stand up, to be a strong person standing up in front of a room full of people. Did you have a friend who encouraged you to become a stand up, or you were just like, you know what, this is a lot of. I know. I thought I'm, I'm going to do this. I love comedy. I'm just going to go and go, give it a go. And it didn't really bother me that it, it, everyone was like a white guy. I just uh-huh. thought I can do this. I, yeah. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah. I was really confident. Yeah. Or deluded. Yeah. Or deluded. You have to be deluded, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. You have to be a little bit off to do this. Yeah. There's no... Yeah, yeah. You, you cannot come... I was just talking to somebody about this. I was like, you can't come from a healthy family or a healthy background and do this. There's no need for it. No. Stand-up comedy is the ultimate attention-seeking act. Yes. Uh, and, and there has to have something happened in your life yes. to make you want to do this. So what because it's in your not... Life, yeah. It's not normal. What, it's what, not do you think, what do you think happened in you somewhere in your childhood that kind of brought you to this place to be like, you know, I think, I think I wanted attention. I wanted people to listen to me. I wanted people to look at me. I wanted people to hear mm-hmm. what I was saying. And I think, I don't think I had that in my life mm-hmm. growing up. Not, not at home. Was it because no. you were like a middle child or was it because you're a woman or both? No, I think it's because I was a girl. For sure. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. your brothers were treated differently than you were. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had a voice. They could do what they wanted. They could say what they wanted and they had a lot more uh, liberation and power than, mm-hmm. than me as a girl. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had the same thing. Like, you know, I have uh, four older brothers. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like you said that they had a lot of, in my family, there was just a lot of trauma. There was a lot of, uh, there was a, what, what are you smiling at? Trauma. I think that's a good, that's a main reason for people becoming a comedian. There's yeah. been something traumatic in their life. Yeah. I, what may, in my family, there's just like, okay, so I was recently writing down all my traumas because <laughs> what, what am I going to do with my life during, uh, and these, this is just a list. Oh my God. That's a lot of trauma. Yeah. That's a lot of trauma. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of trauma. I, uh, my parents uh, would bicker and fight. My dad used to beat the shit out of my mother uh, in Pakistan. Uh, my dad used to beat the shit out of me till I was 15. Uh, literally two months before I moved to the U.S., my father beat me so hard, my earrings came out of my ears. Uh, my dad, uh, I, uh, when I started therapy, I remember my therapist asking me, like, what's your earliest memory? And I said, my earliest memory is my dad grabbing my mom by her hair and bashing it on the wall. Uh, and you, they were like, that's your earliest memory. I was like, yeah, that's my earliest memory. And how, and how old were you when that was happening? Uh, I must've been like four or five years old. And you remember that? I remember that. I remember all of that. Yeah. It's funny because I talked to my brother, my third oldest brother. So I, I don't have the best of relationships my, with my brothers, my other brothers, but my third oldest brother is the one I'm really close to because when I moved to the U.S., you know, and this goes back to the original conversation we were having uh, up top on the episode about uh, misogyny and how, you know, uh, how it's allowed and accepted and, um, you know, that it's normal. 
uh, when I moved out to the U.S. and my parents lived in Pakistan, I lived here with my four older brothers. And when I moved at 15, my brother told me very explicitly, he said, just so you know, you were sent here to cook and clean for us. Don't get any ideas. Okay. Uh, uh, and I, you know, a bulb started to go off in my head and I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, and then on multiple occasions, my brothers would take turns beating the shit out of me and I would have to call the cops on my brothers. So it's just been like, it's just been like this uphill battle of just trying to be heard and just trying to be a person uh, and not being like crushed down to because I'm a girl. Uh, so I feel like whenever I hear about like, you know, like incidents like yours, you know, like a guy's like, I want a second wife. Like you're so calm about it. I would have probably taken a butter knife and like stabbed him in the face or something. Well, you know, you have what you have experienced a lot of Pakistani women uh, or women from our culture experience. That's right. That's right. And a lot of them, uh, you have been able to fight against that. And you have been able to overcome it. Yes. And you are able to live your life as you as you want, as you are doing. Yeah. But like, most women don't have your tenacity or your fight. And they just accept their situation. And they do just get married and to whoever their parents have told them to marry or forced marriage. And they carry on living a subdued life. Yes. I mean, it takes a lot of courage and strength to say, I'm not going to live like this. I'm going to overcome this and I'm going to have a better life. So, you know, I mean, it is know, difficult. Yeah. For women to, to, I agree with you. Especially, I especially if you have nobody on your side. Nobody. I have no one. Like nothing. I'm like new to America. I move at 15 and at 18, I pack my bags and I left. And I was like, "Class, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I don't fucking care if I have to sleep, sleep on the streets. I'll fucking figure it out. I'll fucking figure it out. Fuck off. And my family was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, fuck you guys. Fuck you. I'm fucking out. I'm done with you guys. You don't fucking protect me. You're my primary caregivers. That's how you fucking treat me. Fuck off. And I think maybe for me, because I grew up with boys, I had a very like a male way of thinking that I'm just like, I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm a tough chick. I'm tough because I've been taking all these beatings. I'm tough. I can like, I can deal with this. Uh, you know, and it's taken me a long time. Like, look, I've been in therapy for like 13 some odd years and it's taken me a long time and I continue to go to therapy because there's, it is a lot of trauma to process because I see how it shows up in my life every day. I, sh I see how sometimes I get triggered by stuff I don't understand. Uh, and then I have to go back to my therapist and talk about it. I'm like, I don't understand why I'm triggered by this. And they're like, oh, you triggered by this because of X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, 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 okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So then I have to bring it to my forefront and to my awareness level so I'm not triggered by it where I'm not like constantly just reacting and not knowing what the fuck I'm reacting to this. Uh, you know, I, uh, that's why I think when I, especially in the comedy world, uh, when I come across, uh, especially Desi men or Muslim men, and they try to be misogynistic with me towards me, I, I mean, I just, I just see red sometimes, you know, because it's, it's too close to home for me, you know? Do you experience that, like, sometimes? Is that something true for I you? Think, I think it, it's really sad to say, but that violence is part of our culture. Yes. You know, I, I know so many women that have been, like, beaten by their fathers and their brothers, and it was kind of for a long time accepted that this is just the culture. This is how, this is how men behave towards women. And also, because of, a lot of men say, you know, it says in the Quran, I can hit my wife. That's not true it at says all. I can, beat my, I can beat my wife. It says that. 
And for many years, it was just accepted that this is how it is. Yes. It's only in a kind of now in our culture where women have a voice and women are saying, this is not acceptable. doesn't matter what culture you come from. This is not acceptable. It's only in recent times, like in the past 20 years, that this has not been acceptable. I mean, up till this point, I know so many kind of Indian Pakistani women that were beaten by their husbands and, you yes. know, by their brothers and forced yeah. marriages and held hostage. And, you know, it's, it was so common. And I think white people were scared to intervene because they said, you know what, this is a cultural issue That's and right. we don't want to get involved. Yes. But really, so I think that our women had nobody to, to turn to. That's right. That's right. No one to help them. And people were scared to help. Yes, people right. were scared to speak up. Okay. And I really envy white women because they have such a network going on Yeah. Especially with the Me Too movement, yes. which was actually started by a black woman. But the but the, the white women have such a movement and such a voice mm-hmm. where they are helping each other. And like, look, look, Harvey Weinstein has been locked up. And that is because of the voice of uh, white women. That's Whereas right. I don't think Pakistani women or Indian women have that same kind of not in this, not in mass, this. mass voice behind sure, yeah, but i feel like it's it's voices like yours it's voices like mine like now this is the we are the first generation to speak out and to talk about it in public and air things you know even personal deeply personal stuff in a way that no generation before us had been able to do that i mean they would yeah. be mocked and they would be demeaned or they would be dismissed to be like you're lying or it's just in your head and look my family is not very pleased when i talk about this in public of course because they feel like somehow i'm bringing shame upon the family but the truth is they brought shame upon themselves by treating me this way right oh yeah i mean the woman always gets the blame regardless of what happens the woman is always to blame and i think it takes a lot of accumulative voices to say, yes. hang on, yes. don't make, it's not the woman's fault. It, the woman is not guilty. The woman didn't ask to get beaten or raped or forced into right. a marriage. You did that. That's correct. Don't put it on the woman. And That's white right. women are, are way further along the line than yes. Indian and, and Pakistani women in, yes. in not getting the blame. Well, also, also because they don't have the dagger of religion hanging on them. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. dagger of religion is a real powerful tool. And the shame, the shame, like, you know, if you say, I don't want to marry a Pakistani man, I want to marry a Puerto Rican, a Mexican guy, the kind of shame and the burden you have to carry That's that right. you did something different. That's right. That you married out. That's right. That you did your own thing. That's like, right. If even from people you don't know, judging you for what you did, I mean... You know, you could be a 40, 50-year-old woman and you'd still get that judgment now. And I just think, I just think it's so crazy. I just feel like white women, they don't have that. That's right. That's right. I feel like, you know, um, I, I don't know. I didn't, I, I don't know if you know the stat here, but uh, every day three women die at the hands of their lovers or their boyfriends in America. And over here. And here too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, we're, we're still talking about a major issue. Like there shouldn't be three women at an average dying every day. And these are not, you know, I, I don't know, you know, what ethnicities women are, but these are like American women. So they're pro- yeah. probably predominantly white. You know, uh, there was this guy here by the name of, uh, I think he was like uh, something Wattsy, the Watts family. Uh, and yeah. this guy's wife was pregnant with the second or the third child. Uh, and this guy just like snapped one day. Uh, he was having extramarital affairs with another man. 
uh, did not want to come out of the closet, did not want to talk about it. Uh, and then just got, just woke up one day and was just like, I'm going to kill my entire family, killed his pregnant wife, uh, uh, killed the child. Um, and the only person who discovered it is, is this woman in the neighborhood who saw that there was something off about him, that he was just like going about his life, like nothing. He murdered them and then just went about his life, like not a big deal. Um, so this is the kind of shit, like you're not going to hear women like murdering their entire fucking families. And the craziest thing is that women go through so much trauma and we still choose not to pick up the gun and shoot up the whole fucking family. Okay. So I think women have some kind of um, empathy, sympathy, thought process about other people other than themselves. Because yeah. as women, we've always had to think about other people. That's correct. From the day that we're born, if we're not thinking about our parents, if we're not giving birth, if we're not looking after the elderly, you know, there is always something that women have to take care of other than themselves. Whereas for a lot of men, they don't have to do that. They just have to look after themselves. So for women, for a woman to go in and murder an entire family, you know, there's no kind of female equivalent of uh, Ted Bundy, you know? There was just, there was just Ted Bundy. Serial killers are predominantly men. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was Eileen Morlos, but she was an abused woman. That's correct. And she was abused and that's why she abused other men because they abused her all her life and she was just trying to get a payback. I mean, nobody abused Ted Bundy. He just went on a rampage killing women. That's correct. That's correct. And there's so many of these men. I think, you know, that is an extreme case, Ted Bundy and these serial killers. But there's a lot of men who just don't like women. That's right. They just don't like them. They are misogynists on a daily basis. That's People right. like Trump, they don't like women. That's right. uh, someone like Ted Bundy hates women and kills them. Right. But they're on a lesser level, there are men who just don't like them, treat yeah. them badly. Yes. You know? Yes. But you, know what, like their- you know what the interesting thing about that is? Like, if you watch Ted Bundy's documentary or any of these serial killers, so I'm a big, I, I love watching the serial killer stories i think i think women do i know so, most women i know love watching serial killer you know why i love a- watching it i'll tell you why i love watching it because every time i watch it there's always this one thing they talk about he was so good looking he was so charming yeah, oh and he yeah, had yeah. really messed up um his mother was really messed up it's always they always bring it back to the woman it's or, the, or that they had a girlfriend once. Or they had a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Treated them really badly. And it's now they just treat all women badly. Yeah. That was what I found fascinating about. I was watching a Ted Bundy documentary the other night. I watched the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. Mm. But I've watched another documentary where his first girlfriend was a girl in her 20s who had long, dark hair. And she treated him badly. And he was really hurt by it. And as a consequence, all the women he murdered after that all had long, dark hair parted down the middle. That was his victim, what she looked like. Right, right. And, and you know, and then it's uh, justified. It's like, well, you know, the girl broke his heart. So that's why he's like going on a killing spree. And it's like, fuck off. You know how many men women get abused by, oh. like women every day? We don't fucking go on a killing spree. We should. We have every right and every excuse to go on a killing spree, but we fucking choose not to. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, yeah. I think, I think the thing is... Is women? Muslim women? Oh I think God. women, though, are very good at talking to other women about how they feel. Yeah. And these men, like Ted Bundy, they store up all of their hatred yes. towards women and they never talk about it and they just store it up and then they look at pictures and they hate these women and then they just go and murder them yes. whereas women are way better at communicating and saying how they feel yeah. about things do you, think, think, yeah. do you feel like do you feel like do you feel like this uh, toxic masculinity that we talk about it and and you know again we'll go back to the middle east and south asian and the muslim communities where in the West, at least, you know, you have therapy and there's a lot more now talk of like, hey, met boys should be allowed to cry. Like, let the boy cry. He's a fucking human being. Oh, boys don't cry. No, boys should cry. We need more boys that cry. Do you feel yeah. like that mentality has suffocated the mentality of the men to create the toxic masculinity that we have? Because men yeah. are told to be like, man up, don't express your feelings. What are you, a girl? Yeah. What are you yeah, yeah abso- absolutely. And you have these men that describe themselves as alpha males. Mm. I, I'm an alpha male. Why are, you, why are you calling yourself that? Women don't go around saying, I'm an alpha female. I'm an alpha female. Yes. I'm an alpha male. They label themselves as a man. I'm a man's man. What does that mean? I'm a man's man. Like, why are you labeling yourself as I'm a man? I'm an alpha male. That sounds pretty gay to me. When somebody's like a man's man, I'm like, oh, you're a man's man? Man. It's like, why are you having to prove yourself as a man? Yes. I know you. I can see you're a man. Why are you labeling yourself as that? Yes. Yes. Uh, I feel like, I think, uh, you know, the fact that they're not allowed to express themselves or they're just kind of suffocated, like, oh, just... Just be a man. Don't show any feelings. Shove it down. Like, don't, don't express that. You're, you know, what's the world? They, so then what are they doing behind closed doors when they are depressed or upset? Whacking off? I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I remember once, I remember watching this documentary once. Um, it, was, it was Cynthia Payne. She was a very famous madam in England. She used to run whorehouses, brothels. She's very famous. She's dead now. And she, in a, I remember watching a documentary once and she said, if a man is violent, it is because he is sexually repressed. Wow. wow. And, I thought, and I remember thought, thinking, that's really interesting. She said, every bit of sexual repression in a man will manifest as violence. Oh. 
because they don't know how else to express themselves. And I think about our culture where we are not allowed to talk about sex. We're not allowed to do it. Nobody's doing it, apparently. When you're growing up, you're not allowed to have girlfriends and boyfriends. And for a guy not to be able to express himself in that way, of course it's going to come out as violence. Of course he's going to beat his wife and his kids. That's right. And I think that is so that is so true, particularly in, in our culture. That's right. Do you, when do you think when do you think this ends? When do you think when when does the shift happen? I'm I'm sure the sh- shift is going to happen in small increments, and I think it is happening. But when do you think we in our culture it eventually begins to take that kind of turn where you're like, okay, everyone needs to chill the fuck out. If people need to get laid, that's their personal business. That's nothing to do with the government. The people, you know, we there's no moral authority that's going around because in Iran they have the moral police, right? They tell women to cover their arms yeah, up they yeah. tell they, if a guy's wearing shorts i just learned about to a, a persian friend who was hanging out with yesterday she told me she was like oh yeah she was like they make the guy stand up to make sure that the shirts are long enough so their ass crack is not showing like moral police like first of all go fuck yourself what makes you the fucking moral police and second like when do you think that tide begins to turn like when when does that happen I mean, there has to be there has to be evolution i mean in, in the white world this yeah. is happening with me too Yes. Uh, me too men are getting arrested this is not acceptable behavior woody allen's book didn't get published you know harvey weinstein got arrested louis ck uh can't do stand-up anymore this is progress in a way that these men are being held accounted for what they did yes. whereas you know in our in our culture they've been getting away with it for years and years and and nobody's held to account nobody Um, these guys have never been arrested for their crimes. They still think it's acceptable to rape their wife. Mm-hmm. And I think until there is, uh, things start happening, uh, things have got to happen. People have got to get arrested. People have got to lose their jobs in order for there to be progress and say, you know, we're not going to stand for this anymore. I think that has to happen in our culture. I mean, it's happening in India a bit. Yes. With the Delhi, remember when the Delhi rapes happened? Yeah. Yes. And yes. People started protesting. And now I was in India last year and in the, on, in delhi on the tubes there on the transport they have a women only section wow now where wow. just women can sit safely you know so like that kind of thing is progress mm-hmm. um, and we have to have that in uh, pakistani culture in yeah. muslim culture in yeah. saudi you know we need yeah. to have that happening Don't you think we need allies for that? I think in India, yeah. that's happening because the other men are standing up and they're like, I don't want this happening to my mother, my sister, my yeah. wife, my girlfriend. Like, I don't want this happening to them. So I'm yeah. going to stand up against it. Don't you think we need allies? And why Why aren't we having allies in Pakistan? Why aren't more men speaking up? Because men have enjoyed their power for centuries. They love their power. It's all in their favor. Yeah. Why would they want to give that up? You know, it's all in their favor. The yeah. financial freedom, sexual freedom, you know, they have everything. Um, why are they, why are they, do gonna... they have the sexual freedom though? We just talked about how you can't have a girlfriend. Well, they go to Dubai and they sleep with prostitutes. I mean, Listen, women if you're a poor that. guy, if you're a poor man who can't afford to go to Dubai, what do you do? Where do, where do you, you go? Rape, well, you rape women. Yeah. 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 You're right. I mean, well, I mean, listen, like the, in the main cities, things still come to the surface and, you know, in, it's talk about the news. But if you're in like small villages, like these girls are just told to be ashamed of getting raped when it's the guy who did that to them. And the guy goes unpunished and the women are getting are bearing all the brunt of it, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, um, I don't know. I feel like uh, 
I feel like Shazia, we need to we need to uh, create like a Gulabi gang. Do you know Gulabi gang? That also, they created? also yeah. like if you become really famous, like Oprah Winfrey, mm. she's amazing because as a black woman, yeah, you know, coming yeah. from uh, Mississippi, yes. uh, in, the, in the Deep South, you know, getting pregnant when she was twelve, sexually abused, yeah. um, you know, coming from the family and the background and being very poor. And she manages somehow to become the world's first black female billionaire. Yes. She's running America. She is the most powerful woman in the world. Yes. And she has, because of that, because of who she is, mm. she has been able to change the world. Yes. I mean, she also used her power and her fame and her money in a very positive way. Yes. But, you know, I think sometimes you need that fame to give you power in order to make a change. Agreed, agreed. And, I mean, and, yeah. and if we were to be, you know, famous on that scale now, yeah. you know, I would hope and I would I think I, that we would use our fame in our way to help women like us. Agreed. You know? 100%. I mean, I think everything that I do from my shows, everything that I do is about how do we empower our women? How do we give our people women platform like giving my people a platform great but mostly the women how do I like how do I give them more platforms how do we get more voices out there and I think my entire purpose behind starting this podcast was to have these conversations because these conversations need to be had especially in our culture especially coming from the faith that we come from because everybody is so scared to talk about it and I see the power that it has. I see the power of when I talk about my traumas and how it opens people up and how it empowers people and not just people of our culture and background, but even white women that have experienced it, you know, that come forward. Uh, I did this uh, show. So Jill Soloway, do you know who she is? Jill Soloway? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Jill Soloway does this show uh, at the Comedy Central stage uh, and you have to submit a story and if they like it, then they invite you to come and tell your story, okay? So I wrote the story out about this one particular incident about my, my dad visiting a month before he passed away and me having a full-blown confrontation with him about all the shit that he had done in his life towards me and my mother. Um, and it was like this big fight we had in an Italian restaurant in the middle of New York City on a hot summer day. Okay? <laughs> me and my dad just fucking going at each other, right? Uh, like we're fucking going at each other, like verbal, not physical, but verbal. We're having a full blown confrontation. Uh, so I used to be married uh, and I was married for like nine and a half years to this Greek American man. So my Greek American ex-husband is sitting there. My mom's sitting there, my dad's sitting there, and we are fucking going at each other, right? Uh, we're like at each other's throats. Um, and, you know, and you know, uh, coming from the culture that, first of all, girls don't speak up to their father, let, let alone fucking confront them about shit while drinking fucking white wine in front of them. Like, that's a, what the fuck is <laughs> happening right now? And that's what the fight was about. My, father got, my dad got really pissed off at me because I ordered white wine and he asked me what kind of soda it was. And I said, it wasn't soda, it was fucking alcohol. And my dad lost his shit on me and we fucking had a full blown fight. And I was like, fuck you, we're having a fucking fight, okay? Because he started talking to me about being halal and shit. And I was like, fuck off. You want to fucking talk about halal, bitch? Let's talk about halal then, you know? And I just fucking had a moment. Like, I just snapped. Uh, And I did this whole story. And Shazia, I have never seen 
this level of response from people. Like the entire fucking room was waiting for me when I got off stage, when the show got done. Like women walking up to me with like tears in their eyes, like talking to me about their stories. And I was like, oh my God, this is like bigger than me. This is not, this is not even just about my story. This is about like this collective conscience of like what's happening in the world and this, the shift that we are a part of. Um, I, I want more stories like that. I want more women to stand up to their fucked up. And, 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 and that it's was funny. Amazing. It's funny Amanda, because thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Yes, I will was. see you guys you actually next made it funny week. There. Uh, it don't forget funny. to subscribe to our channel uh, uh, for my new <laughs> funny. Watch funny. My watch funny. Watch funny. The way uh, you told that was so funny. But I think every culture. I was the other week. I was watching Raging Bull with Robert De Niro. Artists, change very old film. You name it. Where in Italian American you, you know, it shows him beating his wife, yeah. shows him slapping his wife, yeah. how the wife was not allowed to talk, how the wife was not allowed to have a voice. She had to do what the husband said yeah. and how the man was very masculine and she was expected to be meek and feminine and quiet. And that is an old film, Raging Bull. It's like 1980. And, yeah. you know, it's, it shows the violence, which is um, gruesome. But yes. it's also part of Italian-American culture, right. Greek culture, right. Pakistani culture, right. Indian culture, Arab culture. It's a kind of universal thing that That's men right. want to control women right. and control their lives. So, you know, when you go on stage, who, however you are, however your background, and you tell this story, mm. I mean... It will, won't just resonate with women that look like you. That's correct. It won't resonate with all women. That's correct. You know, black women, white women, all types of women have yeah. suffered some kind of oppression. That's right. You know, that is kind of the basis of being a woman, that you are born oppressed in some way. That's it's correct. just that some, some cultures, we have it more than others. Yes. But I'm, I'm not surprised that a lot of women would come up to you afterwards and say, you know what? The same thing happened to me. Yes, yes. I, I, I've never, I've never seen so many uh, white women with tears in their eyes towards walking towards me like that. Like that's, uh, that was something that was really like people were like so beyond moved by it. And I was like, oh. Uh, and then the funny thing is that I sent that video to an executive at a studio, and then he responds to me like within a day, which I never really get responses from him that quickly. And he was like, thank you so much for telling this. So such a well-told story. My wife is going through the exact same thing with her father right now. What the fuck? This is an executive at a major fucking studio telling me this. Like he didn't have to tell me this deeply personal thing about him. But yeah, I feel yeah. like that's the power of telling traumas. You know, uh, when I put that story up, my mom sent me a message and she was like, can you take that link down? She told me. She was like, can you take that story down? I was like, mother, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been a grown ass woman for a very fucking long time. And I've eaten shit for a very long time. Uh, as much as I love you, but fuck no, I'm not fucking taking that link down. And you just have to deal with it. You know? Because again, it goes back to the, oh, you're bringing shame upon the family. I'm not bringing shame upon the family. Family brought shame upon itself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not my fucking okay. problem. I'm yeah. not, I am the fucking voice that's going to fucking rise and talk about this shit because I don't want this happening and I, I don't want this shit. By the time I die and leave this planet, I want this shit reduced by at least fucking 50 to 90%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time yeah. I die in whatever time I fucking leave this planet, I don't want to leave this planet as I found it. I want to leave it better. 
I don't want, I don't I want women that are going to come after me to never experience the shit that this is going to be a fucking myth to them that at once upon a time, women used to get treated this way, that they're yeah. never going to want to experience this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, yeah. that's how I feel about it. What about your sisters? Are your, is your, is everybody in your family married? Like what, what is that? No, 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 no. Um, there's only my elder brother is married and my sister, my, my sister is married and the rest of us are not. Only two, two of them are married. And they, you know, my brother, he's got two kids, a boy and a girl. He married a Muslim girl and they live in Dubai and they've got a couple of kids. Okay. But I think a Pakistani I, woman or? Huh? You married a Pakistani woman or? Yeah, yeah. Married a Pakistani woman. He's the eldest. He married a Pakistani woman, did the right thing, got a couple of kids. You know, I know that I will do what I want to do. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Because I don't think as a female comedian, you could have gone this far and lived this life and then go back and marry a Pakistani guy. You've, do, you've been living your life on your own terms. You're a comedian. That's right. You, That's right. you, you therefore have to live that life in all areas. Like, right. um, do what you want to do. You came this far, you know? What what was it like for you? Like, when you're, were you like secretly doing stand-up comedy? And yeah, yeah. It was covered? a secret. It was in secret. I mean, it was never, you know, 15 years ago. I mean, it wasn't the scene that it is now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, you know, you're, I mean, you're, it was you're, like, you're, I mean, there's still only a few of us now. Yes. But then there was no one. There was nobody. There was nobody. And, you know, so I, I did it in secret for sure. And I thought, you know what, that's the best way. I, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want no judgment. I want to develop. And, and I got a lot of attention because I was the only one at that time. But yeah. I just wanted to do comedy. I love comedy. I but, just Shazia, love but Shazia, it's not, I don't think it was just because it was just you. You were also really good. You have to be really good. Well, I had a hard time, you know, because people expected so much of me. Yes. Because when you're the only one, it was yes. like, can you can you explain uh, terrorism? Can you explain 9-11? Can you explain suicide bombers? Why do your men do this? Why do your women do this? And uh, uh, you know what? White comedians have the privilege to talk about whatever they want. We have to be somehow talking about issues. That's correct. We, we have to have That's an explanation, correct. a reason. Why is this happening? That's we correct. don't have the privilege to talk about whatever we want. That's so when correct. I talk about white privilege in comedy, that is white privilege. When you have the voice to talk about and be funny about whatever you want, we have to answer questions. We are constantly on trial. We constantly have to answer questions, explain things, talk about things. It has to be meaningful. We don't have the opportunity to just be kind of Margaret Cho or Robin Williams. What a privilege that would be. That's and that's right. why it's always harder for ethnic minority Canadians. Yes, yes. You know, it's interesting. I, I've, I've had Margaret on the show, you know, on the podcast, and Margaret's become a really good friend, and we've had some really in-depth conversations. You know, Margaret, even Margaret talks about her cultural struggles of what her family yeah, was, you know, yeah. expecting of her, like she has to get married. And, and I asked her, I was like, Margaret, what was that like for you, you know, being in, like, Asian culture, being born, uh, you know, being coming from the Korean culture, born and raised in San Francisco? She goes, you know, she goes, and also being queer on top, like, those are yeah. all different you know factors for her and, and she was like yeah she's like you know I didn't have a female role model 
that I looked at and I was just like, oh, this is who I want to be like. She's like, yeah. oh, every woman around me was just like married or just unhappy in a marriage or, you know, it wasn't just something that I look up to. And, and, uh, but, uh, but, and I had this exact same conversation with them. I'm like, Marco, do you think you have a lot more freedom to talk about things that I don't have freedom to talk about? And I was like, you can get, you can talk about sexual stuff and the things that you talk about. I don't, somehow when I go up and talk about it, I am frowned upon. I am looked at as a whore. Uh, I am called all kinds of names or I'm being sexually demeaned. Uh, and not necessarily even by white comics. Uh, this I'm, I'm mostly demeaned by fellow Desi comics or fellow Muslim male comics. Uh, this is a true story. Last year, um, so there was this documentary that was the short doc, doc that was done on me about two years ago. Uh, and um, the doc got, got accepted in this film festival in San Francisco. So they flew me out to San Fran for the premiere. Uh, and I came across this um, to Desi comics who I have known. One, I know better than the other. Okay, one lives in San Francisco. The other one lives in New York. Uh, and uh, I am not uh, very good friends with the one who live in New York. We're friends on Facebook, but we've never worked together or anything like that. Uh, and I've heard that he's he eats giant dicks on stage when he goes because he never fucking kills uh and um so this uh this piece of shit uh, walks up to me uh because he apparently also had a documentary uh that was showing and he goes walks up to me he goes like i don't know you had a documentary that you was showing on this film festival and i was like yeah i do and i was like don't you have one he goes yeah i do you know and i'm like oh that's cool um and uh, he goes, what's, I, I'm like, what's, the, I'm like, isn't the name of your uh, documentary American Hussy? Hussy? Hussy means laughter, H-A-S-I. And he goes, uh, uh, he goes, no, uh, he goes, no, it, it, he goes, no, it means whore the way you are. To my face. This is a trash human being. Wow. wow. No, I have no interaction with them there's no bond there's no friendship we're not cool we're not homies like nothing and the audacity to walk up to me and call me a whore to my face when i we've never even fucked i would never fuck you because you're probably dickless wow. so this this is the kind of shit that i have come across where it's like wow have you experienced shit like this oh my god you know what? I mean, I was listening to, um, I've listened to a lot of Margaret Cho. She does talk about her struggle as a Korean woman mm -hmm. and how she had no role models. Just like really, we didn't have any role models in comedy when we started. We, you know, there was no woman to take us under her wing and say, listen, this is how you do it. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. And you're going to be all right. And just ignore. And there was nobody to do that. You are on your own. Yeah. Um, um, and it's so funny. I was, I, you know what? I'm obsessed with Tyler Henry. I think Tyler Henry is just really incredible. Yeah. And Margaret Cho was on, I was watching it last night. Margaret Cho was on Tyler Henry oh, just the other night. And Tyler Henry said, I, I feel Robin Williams coming through. Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And even Margaret Cho went, really? <laughs> oh my God. Margaret is so great. She's amazing. But, you know, every woman that is a Margaret show, you have to hear her story. Yeah. Yes. This is what I went through. This is the struggle. You yeah. know, they wanted her to be thin. They wanted her to be pretty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in comedy, people do treat you a particular way. This guy treating you the way he did, 
he obviously looks at you and makes a judgment about you yes. um, and says, oh, well, you know what, you're wearing that or you look like that, you must be a hoe. Yes. And that is deep, uh, intrinsic uh, misogyny, which is actually very dangerous and disturbing. But the thing is, there are a lot of men like that. He just verbalized what he thought. There's a lot of men that would think that and would never say it. But he actually was brave enough or not to give a shit about to say that. That's right. And um, the thing is, in comedy, you get that. I mean, look what Louis C.K. did, you know, to those women. I mean, that is misogyny. That's correct. Um, and just because somebody is a comedian, it doesn't mean they are exempt from <laughs> having these kind of thoughts and as a matter of fact, in, in, uh, I don't know what it's like in the London comedy scene, but in the U.S. comedy scene, uh, they try to pass it off. It's like, ha it's a joke. <laughs> uh, Russell Peters, uh, when I met him, uh, this is a, I've been talking about him uh, on iHeartRadio and all that because I don't give a fuck. Uh, but Russell Peters, the first time I met him, of course, we were fans. Like, he was the first dissy comic that made it big. Like, holy shit, it's fucking Russell Peters. And I remember meeting him at the Hollywood Improv and being, like, I went to watch him and he was standing outside. We had a really good interaction. Uh, and then after that, it got a little weird because he thought I was some kind of a groupie. And I was like, I'm not a groupie, I'm a stand-up comic. And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, and then a year later, I'm doing a show at the Comedy Store, and in walks Russell Peter hosting the show. And I was like, oh, this is going to get a little awkward. Uh, so he goes up on stage, and he goes, the next comic I'm about to bring up on stage, I've been trying to fuck her ever since I, ever since I met her, give it up for Mona Shake, right? So I think for me, it's because maybe because I come across like glammed out or well put together or I'm like mildly attractive that the guys feel very compelled to be like, ooh, she must be a whore. She must be like, you know, sleeping with all these But books really, is that, is that a license? Is that? Yeah, they, well, they feel entitled. They yeah, they feel entitled to have a license. But I also think, you know, it's really about power. Yes. It's really about power. And like all, all abuse towards women is about power. Rape is about power. Yes. Um, you know, uh, domestic violence is about power. Yes. And having a man say, you know, I, I've wanted to fuck her ever since I, I met her. It's a power thing. He's on stage with the microphone and everybody's looking at him. Yes. And he's saying, you know what? Oh, God, I really fancy her. I wanted to fuck her. And he's got the audience on his side before they've even seen you. That's and right. it's like, I have the upper hand here. I'm saying this before I introduce her. That's right. I'm in charge here. And it's total power thing. Yes. Because you have to then come on to that and be funny and win the, win the crowd over That's to correct. you. That's so correct. In a way, what he's doing is he's putting you on a low level to start with. That's exactly and that right. is an absolute power thing. That's and, right. And that comes from being a weak man. If you have to do that to a woman, you're a weak man. That's correct. I 100% agree with you. You know, it's funny because, and I was still fairly new to comedy. And I remember going up on stage and being like, give it up for Russell Peters because I won't be anytime soon. Um, and, you know, and then the crowd started, started laughing. And I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, oh, Russell, I would totally fuck you, but only with a paper bag on your head. Uh, but, you know, uh, and then the crowd like started laughing and I'm trying to get the crowd back on my on my side. But it's it's so fucked up. I have never seen a female comic, a stand female comic go up on stage and try to put a guy in that position where he has to earn the crowd back or try to sexually like control him. I've just never seen it. Have you? Well, I mean, I've seen men, male comics be very aggressive on stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know what, when they're doing crowd work, kind of bantering with the women, 
Yes. And flirting with the women, which women, female comics cannot do in the same way. That's correct. We just can't because we have to be respected. Yes. Um, But, you know, men use their sexuality, and this is an old trick, you know, using their sexuality to get laughs, to get sex, to get women to like them. I mean, you know, we've all seen how many ugly male comics get fucked every night. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Oh, he made me laugh. He made me laugh. Yeah, but look at his fucking fucking face. I mean, really. (laughs) Yep, that's how... I think and that rule does not apply to us. No, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Uh, you know, do you know Dom Herrera? You know Dom. Yes. Herrera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom's yeah. so great. I yeah, remember yeah, yeah. once I was sitting uh, at the Laugh Factory and we were sitting backstage uh, and this very big white male comic who I'm not going to mention uh, was on stage uh, and all these guys were like, oh my God, he's so funny. Uh, and I, I just know that they're going to go talk to him backstage and, you know, he's going to try to fuck them or whatever he's going to do. And I remember, turning to, I remember turning to Dom and being like, Dom, do you think I'll ever get groupies? And he was like, you'll get groupies, Dom. Dom's like, you'll get groupies, Mona. I was like, I don't think so, Dom. I don't think groupies are in my stars, man. I don't, I'll never get groupies like that. Or like, oh my God, man, it's so funny. <laughs> you know, I would never get that shit. Um, the thing is, we do get groupies. Um, uh, the thing Creepy is, mess. Uh, Mona, I, I tell you what groupies we get. We get old men oh. in their 70s and 80s. Oh. You, think, you think that we are very brave and really respect what we do. And, they're oh. very, and we're very brave. Well done, us. But they don't want to fuck us over the kitchen table. That they don't want to do. <laughs> don't think Viagra for Shazia. I mean, do guys still do that? Viagra and all that? So much. So much. Oh, this is a true story. My neighbor uh, and I were talking and he goes, oh, I ordered the Z-Pack from this uh, Indian company uh, in, I think the Indian company is in India. And he goes, uh, and he's like, whenever they send me my Z-Pack, do you know what a Z-Pack is? No. Z-Pack is what you take when you have a really bad cold or flu and you take the Z-Pack and it just like knocks it right out of your system. It's very strong. Uh, I I don't know if it's kind of a steroid, but it's very, very powerful. And he's like, every time I get my Z-Pack, they send me like complimentary Viagra. (laughs) Send him complimentary Viagra. And he was telling me, he's like, one day I took it, I went to work, and then my friend, my coworker pulled me on the side and they're like, you have a massive erection right now. Are you okay? And he's like, oh, fuck, I took Viagra and I forgot about it. This is, would we get that? Is there even a female Viagra? Do we even have that? No, there isn't. There isn't a female Viagra. Um, but you know what? Women have got other shit to do. We don't just spend 24 hours a day fucking. That's what guys do, even in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Fucking. I mean, we've got cleaning to do. We've got books to read. We want to chat to other women. These guys just want to fuck till they die. (laughs) They do. I mean, look at, remember Anna Nicole Smith's husband, the 93-year-old guy? Oh, come on. It wasn't a husband. I mean, this guy was a walking corpse. He was. I mean, the fucking he was like, The goddamn the oil, 
the oil baron, 90 years old. She is this young, voluptuous model. I mean, it, listen, I'm no psychic, but it, I don't think it was love. You know, just a little bit. Like, I'm not, I'm not a Mensa member at all. Like, but I would say just maybe not love. Maybe not. Maybe not love. But was it even, was it even lust? What? I don't know. He was 90. So what did he enjoy about that experience? Titties in his face? I don't know. Titties in his face, Shanzia. Just At 90. Foods. He was 90 something. Yeah. Yeah. Guys don't go. Have you ever seen old creepy men checking out young women? They don't give a fuck. But what makes me laugh is how they think they're still in with a chance. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, yes. You think you are still in with a chance. I mean, this is some confidence that yes. can't be bought. This is a man's ego. Man's ego, but it's also a cultural thing, right? It's like, oh, there's all this thing about, oh, a younger woman should marry an older guy because an older guy has his stuff together and he'll take care of her. No. But women no. don't want that. Women don't need that these days because women have got their own stuff. I mean, what about this Catherine McPhee who, um, who oh, yeah. won the American oh. Idol? And, and she's with a guy, she's 30-something. She's with a guy who's in his 70s, the music producer. That's correct. Who's been married three times before. Yes. And she said, and he got married to her, the fourth wife. She's 30-something. She's his fourth wife. Yes. And he said something stupid like, oh, this time it just feels right. <laughs> and I just thought, fuck me, this is hilarious. Yeah, it just feels... You are 70 years old, you have four children, you've been married four times, and now it feels right? Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, listen, and, and guys have been given that that luxury right to me whenever i see a younger guy with an older woman i'm like run i say to the older woman run he's gonna cheat on you it never works out look remember demi moore and ashton kutcher whoever fucking thought that was gonna work out i'm like that's never gonna work i mean out. kim cattrall kim cattrall sex in the city i mean oh i don't I know just... her story what about kim cattrall well well in sex in the city she was dating a lot of younger guys that's right that's right and she just got bored because yes. it was boring. There was nothing. They weren't great sexually. They had nothing to talk about. Yes. And she was showing them what to do. So she wasn't getting a good fuck out of it. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I just want to get in a place where I can have my own male harem. Um, it's about yeah. fucking time. We change that shit. I, I think there are a lot of older women going out with younger men. Yeah. And if that's what they want to do, fine. Yes. But they have to be able to handle the older woman. Right. Right. Which they, I mean, like, even older guys can't handle older women, let alone younger guys. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's always like, I'm still, this is a true story. When on a date with this guy, 50 years old, 50, okay? I was like, okay, he looked pretty young. So I was like, how old are you? He's like 50. I was like, have you ever been married? No. Have you been engaged? No. Do you have kids? No. Um, what's your longest relationship? Eight months. 
let me understand this. You've been on the fucking planet for 50 years. Your longest relationship is eight months. I was like, have you ever considered therapy? And he goes, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, what do I got to lose? Fuck it. We get some material out of this. Uh, and he was like, well, you know, I'm beginning to realize that there might be something off. I'm like, oh, now, like 50 yeah, years right. planet? Now, now you get into this. But so many guys are fucking delusional out there. Oh, I'm only 50. I'm still young. I'm so young. I can go out and get a younger girl. I'm so young. He could. You know what? There'll be, if he's got money, uh, he could get a 25-year-old. Yes. Do you think that women need to start banding together to be like, we're not going to fuck older guys? Go, yeah, go find yeah. an appropriate woman. Yeah, but you know what? There's something very sad about that man who is maybe 70 going out with a 25-year-old because he, in, the, in, the, in his heart, he must know she doesn't love him. Right. In, her, in his heart, he must know he doesn't love her or she doesn't love him. Um, she's I mean, only semi-functioning heart, his semi-functioning heart. Yeah, she's probably only with him for the money. Yes. And he is desperately lonely. Yes, yes. I mean, it's a, it's a sad situation for both people because, you know, he could die, she could be left with money, but then she'd be divorced and she'd have to find someone else. Yes. But he is lonely and he desperately probably does want somebody to love him. Yes, agreed. But, but how, it, you know, it's very difficult for men as they get older to find that love again. Yes. That maybe they once had. And what I, what I want to know is, why doesn't a 70-year-old guy go out with a 70-year-old woman? Because I think that one of the things that I've always heard guys say is just like, the women in my age are just set in their ways. I'm like, well, so are you. Yeah. So yeah. are you. So you're looking for a woman to mold her, that she would be, that she would please you, that she would like cater to you. Because again, it goes back to men are, women are supposed to cater to you and sacrifice to you, you know, because it's all about the male. It's all about the man. How do I please you? What can I do for you? Is it also about, he just wants a younger body. Yeah. He wants a younger body while his, the rest of his body is melting and falling, falling apart. Yeah, it's like and you know what? If you're going to be with a 25 year old woman, that 25 year old woman has got to sleep with you. Listen, I've been there, so I uh, I can't even judge people. I've I've been there. I. But was... do you think it's possible that she could love him? Um, you know, uh, maybe it's possible that she could love him. Maybe she, maybe she. Maybe she's not in love with him. What she loves is the security. What she loves is the yeah. tenderness and the care that he provides. Maybe she loves the, uh, you know, not just the financial security, but also he maybe doesn't make her feel like garbage. She doesn't have to constantly be, you know, be criticized. Oh, I'm getting fat. Am I getting this? He's just grateful that he has a younger person in his life, whatever she is. Like, he's just fucking grateful for that. So I think a lot of, you know, you know, like a lot of guys that are our age or, you know, or, or you know, or younger, they're so fucking immature. And it's accepted. Society's like, well, boys will be boys. Well, fuck that. No boys will be boys. Figure your shit out. And, you know, I think yeah. that's one of the conflicts that I come across in dating. I just have like zero tolerance. I tell First date, I'm like, what's up? Let's check that fucking list. And some guys have been like, you're very intense. And I'm like, no, I'm very honest. If you can't deal with that, we can end this conversation right now. Like, you know, let me know what's up. This one guy told me I was having a FaceTime date with him. This is like two weeks ago. 
Uh, and, and I'm talking to him and I'm like, so I'm like, so like, how close are you with your parents and you know, stuff like that? He goes like, well, I'm very close to my dad. I'm like, oh, that's great. He goes, yeah, my mom has had a lot of psychological problems. Uh, you know, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like diagnosed? He's like, yeah, I think she had like, I think she's like bipolar or something like that. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm like, are you in touch with her? Like, what's that relationship like for you? Um, and he goes, he goes, no, he goes, no, not really. I don't really talk to her. He's like, quite frankly, if she died today, I really wouldn't care. And I was like, I think that marks the end so, of our relationship. So unattractive to another woman to hear that. I'm You're like, talking about your mother. You're talking about your mother? Well, yeah. that's yeah. your view on all women then. That's correct. That's exactly what it is. And then I asked him, and I was like, how long has your relationship been? He's like, five months. I'm like, you're almost 40. What do you mean, five months? And I'm like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. I'm like, you should consider therapy. I always leave with that note. Whenever I meet you guys, I'm like, you should consider therapy. Go to therapy. It's going to help you, you know, go to therapy. Um, Shazia, I know I've, uh, I've kept you here for a bit and I know you've, uh, you've <laughs> I know you have uh, chapatis to make and, uh, <laughs> and biryani to cook. Uh, so like a good person. Have you been making chapatis? Like what's been happening for you? I haven't made chapatis in 20 years. And this lockdown, I thought, why, why don't I just waste a bit more of my life? <laughs> so I have been trying to make round chapatis. Yes! And honestly, it's so difficult to get them round. How's it? Has it been coming out round? How's it been, how have they been coming? No, I've, 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 I've been putting a plate on it now and then cutting round it. That's as good did your mother good. teach you how to make the chapati? How did you make the chapati? Yeah, yeah my mum did when I was about six or seven because, you know, I was going to get married at nine. Sure. Um, so, um, but I think now uh, I've realized I'm probably not going to marry a Pakistani. So who gives a fuck? Yes, yes, absolutely. Would your parents be okay with you bringing home a white guy or non-Muslim guy? Listen, I could bring home a donkey now and they would be really pleased. Because <laughs> your parents are at the same place my mom is at. Well, my father passed away, so that's one less pressure. So, but my, <laughs> sorry, that sounds really dark. Uh, but my, my mom is just like, you know what my mom told me? She was like, just find someone. If somebody is good, get pregnant. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pregnant, just get pregnant. I know. Like, <laughs> what? She was like, just get pregnant. Just have a child. Just do it, do it, do it. Oh, I'm thinking, well, you spent years telling me not to do it. Now you're telling me to do it. That's right. I mean, That's right. you never thought this through. You fucked me up. So <laughs> shut up now and I'll bring home who I like. <laughs> exactly. Have you ever had like boyfriends that you brought home and, and then been like, oh, oh we don't do that. No way. We don't do that. <laughs> like, ever. which is why I'm still alive. <laughs> no, I, we didn't. you're alive because you do comedy, Shazia. That's why you're alive. I mean, comedy. Every comedian will probably say comedy saved their life, and I think in some way, it's so. some way it saved us, saved us from something. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, are you yeah. on any? So, you're not on any dating apps. You're not going on any dates. Nothing, nothing, zero. I can't go on the apps, you know, because well, in England, everyone knows me. <laughs> so that would be weird that would be really Guys, weird you need to come to LA we need to introduce I, you to I LA. love LA I love LA when are I you just, coming back we, we miss you come back well, I want to come back when um I can travel yeah when I won't get infected and die by a virus I mean I, I feel really that's the thing I miss most is traveling now I would have been in LA now as well so yes 
Sad, sad times. Yes, very, 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 very sad indeed. Um, do, so well, thank do you for having me on your show. Oh my God, anytime. You're, really like, you're enjoyed just, it. Very <laughs> interesting, as always. Thank you. I, I always ha- I always love having you, and we always have these amazing dynamic conversations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have Do you have any uh, Do you have any shows lined up? I, I know that I, I do. I mean, I, all my shows are online, um, and I've got I'm writing loads of stuff. People can follow me on Instagram. I yeah. am the. Where can we follow the, you? The Shazia Mirza. Okay. And on Twitter, I'm Shazia Mirza One. I don't tweet that much. I'm more on Instagram now. I like pictures. You like pictures? You know, I, w- I would think you would really do really well on Twitter, actually, because it's all in real time. Twitter's very nasty, and I really prefer Instagram, putting pictures up and looking at stuff. I think it's, there's something therapeutic about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just see. <laughs> Pretty pictures. And do you know what I love most, Mona? I love the filters. I love filtering myself. <laughs> The glam one when it, you you look like garbage and then you put the glam and it's like my favorite is Juno. Juno, I shove a bit of Juno on. <laughs> Juno is good. Juno, Juno, is, Juno is really good. Uh, are you on Facebook too, Shazi, or do you have any like a YouTube channel? Yeah, I am on Facebook. I'm on Facebook too, um, so they can find me on there as well. Just Shazia Mirza. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Shazia, this was thank you. Thanks for having me. Amazing. You know, you just uh, you just inspired me actually that when you come to LA, uh, we are going to do a live show of this exact same conversation. And oh, I, I think we should. I think we should. I think we should sell tickets. I think there should be a Q and A. I think there should be you know absolute in conversation with with you and some female comics talking about all of this. I think We're going to so- do a Minority Report female just exclusive female sponsored lineup of comics. And we're going to have this exact same conversation live because I think it's so needed. It's so needed. So needed. Yeah. Thank you Um, very much. Thank you. Shazia, I love you. You know how much I love and respect you. Thank Thank you you. so much. I'll speak to you soon. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.